I'm going to share a message with you today on prophetic community. And um, for those of you that may be new to the prophetic, um, we're going to speak, I'm going to speak a little bit about prophecy. And uh, prophecy is one of the nine spiritual gifts mentioned in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And it's given by the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, and the purpose of the gift of prophecy is to edify, to exhort, and to bring comfort. And so um, through the Holy Spirit, we've been give, given access to spiritual gifts. And uh, we've also been told to earnestly seek the gift, especially the gift of prophecy. And so uh, the Lord desires to release this gift, to give this gift to us uh, more than we could ever desire for them for ourselves. And it's important that you understand this. Uh, prophecy is a gift. Say that with me, a gift. It is not a reward. You cannot earn it. You cannot achieve it. You can only receive it. Amen? Amen. So we want to uh, establish that. So if you're new to the gift of prophecy, I'm going to be speaking about prophetic community here in just a second. But before I do that, I want to share with you how we are to position ourselves before we can get to releasing prophetic community. Now, here's the thing. A few weeks ago, I shared this with the young adults uh, a couple of weeks ago. The Lord spoke to me. God, uh, God said to me, I want activation. I want to activate and what I, as I begin to meditate on that and pray and see God, what I felt like he said to me is I want to activate pro prophetic community within the body of Christ, not just Rev City, but in the corporate body of Christ, that there would be a prophetic community to begin established, to be established. He's going to activate that in this season is what I truly believe. Um, and so what, what I want you to understand is that when we release that, before we can, that can be released in Rev City, we have to position ourselves, okay, before we get there, and here's how we do this. Let's pray real quick. Father God, thank you so much for your word. I thank you, Lord God, that you send your word out to us, Lord God. And I pray that would be a good seed sown in fertile soil this morning, that we'd receive your word by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning, as I was, as I was actually walking to my vehicle to come to church, and the rain had just kind of stopped, and it was falling down, it was really pretty outside. And I said, God, thank you so much for the rain. And what the Lord spoke to me in that moment, he said, I'm, I'm watering the ground and softening the soil so they can receive the word you're going to release this morning. I'm going to start this way. Whatever your heart is set upon, whatever your spirit is set on, is going to affect the environment that you walk into. Another way to say that is, I'm going to personalize it for me, what I meditate on, what I set my heart and my mind on, will affect the environment that I walk into. This morning, as I was coming to church, I was praying, I was asking God to, to, you know, to lead me and guide me through this message and things like that. I was setting my heart upon him. I've, all week long, I've been preparing this message, just setting my affections and my heart on him so that when I come here to preach the word of God, the word of God will affect you and cause change to happen in your life. Amen? And so, Pastor, Amen? Okay, you got to respond to me. We could be here all day, people. Okay, listen. Here's, the, here's what Pastor Thomas says to us all the time. We are not thermometers. We are thermostats. Okay, and here's what that means. You don't go in to church, hopefully. You don't come to church and you stick your foot in there and go, well, I'm just going to see if they play the song that I really like. And just to check the temperature to see if, it, if it's going to be okay, that you're going to be okay with that. Or I'm going to see that Pastor Thomas preaches a word that I really like. We're not, we're not thermometers. We're not checking the temperature, okay? 
We tell our worship team, every time they come up here, they're setting the atmosphere. Okay? So we tell them to be prepared to set the atmosphere so that when you come in, that you're changed by the atmosphere of praise and worship. When God enters into the praises of his people, there should be change happening in our lives. But if we're thermometers, we're, just, we're gonna decide whether or not we like the setting. A thermostat comes in and changes the atmosphere. So I'm telling you that because I want you to come into church next week or maybe start adjusting yourself now to say, I'm going to come in prepared to receive the word of God. I'm going to praise God like my life depended on it because I know that he inhabits the praises of his people and I'm going to be changed in that environment. And the people next to me are going to be changed too because I'm not a a thermometer, I'm a thermostat. Amen? Amen? All day, people. I got all day. (laughs) See, when the meditation of your heart is set on anything else, like worry or fear, what it produces is the fruit of anxiety in the environment that you enter into is changed by that. I heard one pastor say it this, this way. Fear is misplaced worship. When fear touches our heart, when it touches our spirit, the place that we're designed to express affection and trust toward God then is transferred from him towards the circumstances that cause the fear. Remember, thermostat, not thermometer. That's why when you come into a worship environment this morning, when you came this morning, you have an opportunity to release that misplaced worship and then redirect it back to God. And his spirit. Jesus said you must worship God in spirit and in truth. But you can't worship him in spirit and truth if all you're carrying is fear and worry and doubt and shame and guilt and all those things. You can't put your worship on those things. Don't meditate on that. Come into this place or in your home and give those things to God and set your focus and your attention on him. You see, a lot of people, and Adrienne spoke about it here when she, when she was singing a minute ago, they're battling fear, they're, they're battling anxiety, and they're battling uh, this worry and all those things. Listen, God never intended you to operate in fear. His word says in 2 Timothy 1, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. But when you're, worship, when you're in fear, your worship and your affection that's supposed to go to God is going there. And instead, you need to redirect and say, God, you did not give me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind, and you are going to go before me, and you are going to protect me, and I get rid of that fear in Jesus' name. See, you can tell where your heart is by what you're thinking about, what you're meditating on. When problems capture your attention and they create that fear or that anxiety and you begin to meditate on those things, it's misplaced worship. How many of you have ever had anything uh, trouble you so much that it just kept you awake at night that you couldn't even go to sleep? Raise your hand with me. I'm going to raise my feet too because that happens a, a, a lot sometimes. I get it, man, because in those moments, you have to ask yourself, what am I tethered to right now that I'm meditating on this 
What am I anchored to? Is it the present circumstance? Is it the disappointment? Is it, is it the fear? Or is it God's word, his promises, and his voice in the way that he speaks to my heart? See, God is trying to speak to us, but if we're meditating on fear or anxiety or worry, that misplaced worship is leading us in a different direction and we can't hear God. Luke chapter 6, and now listen to this. Not only can you not hear God, but it's hard to begin to not only hear him, but then to speak what he's saying. Luke chapter 6, verse 45 says, The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth is going to speak. Now, the good things that we're supposed the good treasure is, is those things that bring joy and peace and love. We're supposed to meditate on those good things. But when you look up the evil, what does the evil treasure mean? Those are the toils, the annoyances, the hardships, the, when we feel pressed and harassed. There, there, there's peril, it's causing me pain or trouble. When we're meditating on those things, guess what's going to come out? Those things. Because that's out of the abundance of our heart, our mouth is going to speak. I was thinking about this in between services. And have you ever been around somebody that, that is constantly, they're, maybe they're, maybe they're battling, battling chronic pain? You know what I'm saying? And that's all they can speak about all the time. And, and I get it, they're in pain. But they're speaking that as though it's, it's, it's um, what God intended for them. And it's not what God intended for them. Listen, if Jesus didn't die for you to have that, then don't receive it. Okay? Jesus died for you to, died for you to be healed and restored and, and all those things. So begin to speak those things as though they, as, even if they're not happening right now, begin to speak them as though they are. Trusting in God in faith that God is going to heal you. See, before we can get to this prophetic community, we have to have good treasure stored up in our heart. We have to watch the meditation of our heart and then speak out of that abundance. We have to get our heart right. Amen? Amen. Say this to your neighbor. Get your heart right. <laughs> you guys are like the first service. Get your heart right. No, say it again. Get your heart right. Say it like you mean it, people. Come on, man. You're like, get your heart right if you want to, but I don't care if you do or not, because I mean, I just met you. I don't know, so. Okay, we're going to shift now. So you understand, I'm, I'm asking you to get your heart right. And listen, I'm not, anybody that's battling or struggling, I get it. But take it to the one who can take you and free you from those struggles. Put your focus on him and not on that circumstance, not on that situation. Get your heart right. So we're going to shift now, and I want you to turn to Genesis chapter 1. It's going to be up on the screen as well. Genesis chapter 1, starting in verse 1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. The words we just read tell us that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was basically an empty and formless mass. So what I want to submit to you this morning, that in the beginning, the heavens and the earth were first created in the heart of God. He saw a formless mass, but in his heart, 
He saw creation. And then God spoke. The Spirit moved. And what was in the heart of God became the environment that you and I are now walking in. See, listen, God spoke everything into existence. Hear me, he spoke it into existence. Everything except for one thing. He formed a man out of the earth that he spoke into existence. Did you catch that? He spoke, let there be light, let there be water, let there be mountain, all those things. But from what he spoke into existence is what he grabbed. And he didn't speak us into this. He grabbed that and formed us. He formed us out of what he spoke into being. God formed man from what he spoke from his heart. What I believe is that God likes to work with what's already there. He wants to co-labor with us. And let me give you an example. Backstory here, before we read this, is there's about 5,000 plus people. They're tired. They're hungry. They've been listening to Jesus preach and teach all day long. And so the disciples come to them and say, Jesus, they're tired and they're hungry. Let's send them home so they can get something to eat. And Jesus said, this isn't necessary. You feed them. They looked at him and said, but we only have five loaves of bread and two fish. And he answered, bring them here. Then he told the people to sit down on the grass, and Jesus took the five loaves and two fish. He looked up to heaven. He blessed it. He broke it, broke the loaves into pieces. He gave the bread to his disciples who distributed it to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted, and afterward the, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. Listen, Jesus in that moment could have created a whole new food. Right there, 2,000 plus years ago, he could have said, here is an impossible Whopper <laughs> in a cardboard box and distributed that out. He could have done that. He's Jesus. But instead, he chose to co-labor with what he formed a young boy with five loaves and two fish. See, the Lord is looking to come alongside you and I and to co-labor together. Um, I want to share this here right now. I believe the Lord is speaking to somebody here in this room, maybe you online would uh, grab a hold of this. But if this is you, I just want you to receive this as an encouragement from God. What is in your hands? What has God already put into your hands? Give to the Lord what you have in your hand and watch him take it, watch him break it, bless it, and multiply it. It's going to be in the breaking that the blessing comes. So in this season of your life, if you feel like there's a breaking happening in your life, allow God to do his work. Don't resist the Holy Spirit. There's a breaking. He's breaking some things off of you, desiring to break some things off of you. 
He's desiring to remove some things from you in this season because he wants to bless you and multiply you. But there's blessing in the breaking. If that's for you this morning, I hope that you receive that. For you online, I hope that you receive that as well. Allow God to do his work. Don't resist the Holy Spirit in this season. Here's a second example of us being, of God's desire to, to co-labor with us, to, to create this prophetic uh, community that we want to get to. Ezekiel chapter 37 in verse 1 says, The hand of the Lord was upon me, speaking of Ezekiel, and he brought me out into the spirit of the, in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. He led me around among them, and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley, and behold, they were very dry. These weren't just regular old bones that you'd find in a valley, I guess. They were very old and very dry bones. They'd been there for a while. And he said to Ezekiel, son of man, can these bones live? Ezekiel said, and I answered, oh Lord God, you know. And then he said to me, prophesy over these bones and say to them, oh dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. And I will say, lay sinews upon you, and, and will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. Ezekiel says, so I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a sound, and behold, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to bone. And I looked, and behold, there were sinews on them, and a flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath. And breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me. And the breath came into them. And they lived and stood on their feet. An exceedingly great army. God is standing there with Ezekiel. And listen, God could have very quickly just said, rise up army. And it would have happened. But he wants to co-labor with you. And so he spoke to Ezekiel. And he said, you say this. The Spirit of God came on Ezekiel and he began to prophesy as the Lord directed to him. The hand of the Lord was upon him. He was brought out in the Spirit. And this is what I love. First God says, he asked a question that related to something that was already in his heart. God had it on his heart. He was going to raise up an army of dry bones. It was on his heart to co-labor with Ezekiel. And he asked a question, son of man, can these bones live? Now understand, when God asks you a question, it isn't because he needs the answer from you. He already knows the answer. What he's doing is a heart check to see if you're in alignment with him. So he's coming to ask the question, Ezekiel, where's your heart? Can these bones live? And Ezekiel answered correctly, God, you know. You know, if it had been me, I'd be like, well, it's pretty dry. <laughs> then God said, prophesy, speak. And Ezekiel was faithful to speak only what he heard God say. 
Then the spirit moved in in response to the spoken word of the Lord and brought what was once dead back to life. Isn't that awesome? God loves to bring dead things back to life. Hey, buddy. Yes, you. Yeah. I'm just going to, I want to encourage you. Okay. God is going to do a heart check this season. He's doing a heart check because he wants to make sure that you're in alignment. There's some things that are coming in your direction. And once you're in alignment with him, God is going to tell you now, speak to those things. And it's going to change the circumstance that you're, 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 you're going to come up with. I don't know if you're dealing with something right now, but it's coming up. So, and God's going to say, I'm going to check your heart. Do you, think this, do you think I can do this? Do you think this is me? And your response is, God, you know. He's going to put you in alignment with him, and he's going to accomplish exactly what he has planned for you in this season. Amen? You receive that? Okay. The Spirit moves in response to the spoken word of the Lord. When I just shared that, and I asked him, did you receive this? Because I want, I want him to come into alignment with God's word. I believe that's God's word for him. When he comes into alignment, God will begin to move on his behalf because they're in agreement. It wasn't me that just made up the word. I believe God has a word for him. That makes sense? And so as he anchors himself to that word, in the middle of whatever circumstance is going to come his way, no, God, you said, I want to get my alignment with you. You know what you're going to do in this season. That's why the prophetic word given by God and spoken through you and I is so important. Because they cause what's in the heart of God to become established in us. An anchor for the person receiving the prophetic word and something they can meditate on and begin to rise up in what God is calling them to. Even when things get tough, and they probably will. When fear tries to grab your heart, you say, no, no, no. God told me if I just get in alignment with him, he's going to make it all work out for the good. No matter what the enemy tries to do to me, God's going to work it all out for my good. You stand anchored on that prophetic word that you received, and that's going to carry you through. And listen, whatever was dead comes back to life when God begins to speak to it. Earlier this week, we had some good friends of ours that we get to talk to pretty frequently, and Chet and Elizabeth, they were on staff here, and, and now they're in, in Colorado doing their thing, and God's doing some awesome things to them. But we, were, um, we had this thing, uh, Amity shared with us this uh, app called Marco Polo, and uh, it's ridiculous. But anyway, um, what is cool about it is that you can, you can leave, send a message to somebody, and then when they have time, they can look at it, and so on and so forth. And so we've been chatting back and forth uh, all the time through this, this app. And so, uh, but one day we had been doing that for a minute, and Beth was like, I don't want to talk to them. I want to talk to them, you know, that way. I want to talk to them in real time. So we FaceTimed them, and um, we had a great, great conversation. And I was sharing with them bits of the message that I was going to preach. Hi, Chet and Elizabeth, I love you. And they said, Eddie, that is so true. They said, the prophetic words that were given to us at Rev City 
that to encourage us, to edify us, to exhort us, all those words that Pastor Thomas gave us and Amity gave us and Beth gave us and all these people gave us and you gave us, all those things. When we're in the middle of the stuff right here in, in, in Colorado and we get kind of discouraged or feel a little bit defeated, we go back to the word that God spoke. And no, God, you said, that's the anchor. That's what got us through this last year. And God, that's what's going to get us through the next year. Amen? We need these anchors. Now, you can go to the Word of God for yourself to find those anchors. I understand that. But when there's a prophetic community that is established, and we can all hear God and begin to speak those words, it brings life to the entire body. Brother, I'm looking forward to the time that you come up to me and say, hey, man, I got the circumstances, but I got myself lined up with God, and it's all working out for my good. So let's go now and shift one more time as we finish up this message to the keys for developing prophetic community. And by the way, these are not exhaustive, okay? I only got three. So don't email me saying, well, Eddie, I thought about this key. I don't care. These are three. <laughs> Preach your own message. Okay, one of the, the first key to developing prophetic community is this. We have to have a passion for the heart of God and his word. A passion for the heart of God and his word. When we develop a passion for God, when we develop a passion for the word of God, then that comes, uh, what comes from that is a desire in our hearts to feel what God feels, to see what God sees, and to speak what God is speaking. But we have to have passion, passion for his word passion for God. we got to get rid of the circumstances and all that stuff. That all the mess is trying to keep us from that and seek after him. Psalm 1-2 says, but his delight is in the law, the instruction of the Lord. And out of his law, and on his law, he meditates day and night. I shared a, a, a message, a scripture a minute ago that says, God did not give us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. If you're battling fear right now, that's a meditation for you to, de to, to meditate on day and night. God did not give me a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. You go throughout your day, wow, anxiety comes. Well, God did not give me that spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. You meditate on it day and night. Find a scripture that becomes your anchor and meditate on that thing. Mumble it to yourself. Speak it out loud. Put it on the mirrors of your bathroom, in your refrigerator, whatever you got to do. But meditate on the word of God. What you will find is that fear will no longer reside there because God did not give you a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. God's word is what we should be anchoring ourselves to, what we should be made, meditating on. Because if our heart is meditating on anything else, we're going to infect the environment that we're walking in. Because we'll be speaking out of that meditation. Number two, the key to developing prophetic community is a culture where you have the confidence that you can hear God. You have the confidence that you can hear God. Now you can hear God through his word, of course. But you can also hear God speak to you prophetically. You have to know that you know that you know that yes, you, you can hear God. 
and that God has a desire to reveal his heart through you in a way that he can show his love to others. And I hear some people say, well, Eddie, I don't hear God like you. No, and I don't hear God like you. We all hear God differently. See, I don't hear God here. I hear God here and here. God will show me something. I'll have a dream. Now, you've got to be careful about cold pizza because you can have dreams after cold pizza as well. But I'm just saying, when I'm leaning into God, God will speak to me through dreams. He'll show me things. And I hear him in my spirit as well. But that's going to be different from you. For some of you, God will, will speak to you by the way you feel. He'll move upon you and, and you feel something. Like, wow, I just feel like God is doing something different. Some of you will feel like, well, I feel like God is saying, I feel like God saying this. The disciples said it this way. It seemed good to us and to the Spirit, and so we did this. The Scripture also says, there was a guy speaking in Scripture, and he said, I looked out to see what God would say. So God is going to speak to you in a myriad of ways, but he's going to speak to you specifically the way he knows you're going to receive it. God is always speaking. Too oftentimes, we're listening to other voices. The voice of the enemy, the voice of our friends or family, they're not speaking in alignment with God's word. We have to have a confidence that we can hear God. Because when we can hear God, we tune ourselves in to hear him speak to us and how much he loves us. Now we can share that love with those of others. And listen, love is always the goal in prophetic ministry. First Corinthians 14, one says, let love be your highest goal. But you should also desire the special abilities, special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. He said, love is the goal. That's it. Love is the goal. But listen, pray for the spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. You know why? Because prophecy, when our heart is right, speaks love to other people. It encourages, it edifies, it exhorts them. 1 Corinthians 14.3 says, but when one prophesies, he strengthens. In other words, he builds up others. He encourages, encourages them. He calls them near and he comforts them. He cheers them up. God has given us these special abilities, but we have to operate in love. Number three, the key to developing prophetic community, walk in the power of the Spirit in your community. See, it's great when we receive prophetic words in this environment, but again, we're, we're thermostats. We've already set the temperature to receive and to hear God. And that's great, but we need to take this out to our community. When you know that you know that you can hear God, when, you're, when your affection, your, your, everything is towards him, you hear God and you can begin to speak and encourage others, edify others and call, draw them near, comfort others, cheer them up. You can do that outside of these four walls. 1 Corinthians 14, 24 says, but if all of you are prophesying and unbelievers or people who don't understand these things, Come into your meeting. They'll be convicted of sin and judged by what you say. 
As they listen, their secret thoughts will be exposed. They will fall to their knees and worship God, declaring, God is truly among you. How awesome would that be? I was watching a couple of weeks ago a prophetic video on prophecy and all this kind of stuff, and the guy was teaching people how to be prophetic. It was a class. And he said uh, in, in this particular, particular area where they have their church, it's a very strong prophetic church. They have, they've already established prophetic community within their church. And so as they teach people about prophecy, these people are going out there and they're flooding the community and ministering to everybody they come in contact with. And so he said, listen, uh, in our region here in this area where we have this prophetic school that's been going on for years now, our, every, every person in every restaurant and every diner has received already 100 prophetic words because they come out of the school, people come out of the school and they go to all these diners and these places. And he said, our community is overfished. He said, don't feel like you gotta leave here and go prophesy at the convenience store. They've already received 10 prophetic words this week. So he's telling them, just, we're gonna have a prophetic community, but we're gonna have it here in the church. Don't worry about ministering outside right now. Go take it to your home where you live and do that. Well, can I tell you something here in Lawrence, Kansas? We need everybody to grab a fishing pole. We need everybody prepared, be prepared to go out and, and speak God's word to encourage, edify, and exhort. Amen? 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 Some of you guys are like, I don't want to do that. I'm especially talking to you. You can hear God. Just get your heart right and focus on him. And when he begins to speak now, you can encourage others. These are the keys to developing prophetic community. A passion for the heart of God and his word. A culture where we have confidence that we can hear God and that we can walk in the power of the spirit in our community. I shared at the beginning a couple of weeks ago, the Lord spoke to me the word activate. And I believe that God wants to activate within the body of Christ prophetic community. That we would set our heart on him, cultivate that passion, build a spiritual culture where we all hear God with confidence and then walk out of here today and encourage somebody else with the word of the Lord. From that posture, we're all thermostats and we're infecting every environment that we can with the power of the word of the Lord. Amen? Stand up with me if you would. take just a moment. We're going to minister prophetically. And uh, if I share a word or Amity shares a word and that resonates in your spirit, again, grab a hold of that and just say, God, I, I just received that word for me in this season. Um, again, it's, it's something that you need to carry, pray about, meditate on, and give you a scripture. Hold on to that scripture. Let that become an anchor for you in this season. And then watch God do what only he can do. 
Amen. Amy, come on up. Yeah, yeah, you know, when Pastor Eddie was talking, um, I just felt like the Lord um, just gave me a couple of quick things that just dropped in my spirit. But the first one is real simple. He touched on dreaming. He talked about dreamers. Um, does anyone here dream like almost every night? Yeah, me too. I felt like he wanted me to encourage the dreamers in the room to start writing your dreams down. It's a gift. And you might not understand it, and some of them really might be cold pizza. <laughs> but I just want to encourage you, if you're a dreamer, just write them down. Put a notepad by your bed. I just feel like that was a word for somebody today. Um, and Damon and Neva, I have a word for you guys. I think it was last week, or maybe the week before, um, I caught Damon, because I didn't see you here, Neva. And I was like, where's Neva? And he said a tree fell down and was blocking our roadway, and she couldn't get out. And so I, when I saw you just a minute ago, I looked over and I, and I had this thought in my head. I was like, I wonder what they did with that tree because I never followed up with you. And I just kind of thought, I bet they made like firewood out of it because they're just such awesome people that just, you know. And I just feel like, the, yeah, right. The Lord said, um, tell them that I'm the God that takes roadblocks and turns them into provision. And I don't know what uh, roadblocks maybe you're walking through or maybe that you're about to walk through. And I don't want this to be like a foreboding word. This is an encouragement that he wants me to remind you to settle it now that those roadblocks, he's gonna turn to provision. So submit whatever that is. Disappointment is just God's protection for a better plan. Don't stay in that place. I just trust that he's gonna use those seasons of roadblocks um, for a place of provision. So I'm excited to hear about what that's gonna look like for you guys. Um, anyone else receive that word, man? Sometimes when you, given prophetic words, like something will resonate in you and you're just like, man, that, I, I like that. that, I want that for me. Take it, receive it. It's not just for one, two people, it can be for anybody. Um, okay, parents, <sighs> y'all are on my heart. Any parents of kiddos in the house, like students? You're on my heart today. And you know, we're in back to school season and um, I can't tell you how many times I've talked to parents recently that have just said, oh, man, I'm struggling, I'm challenged, I don't know what to do and I have um, this and this and this and I'm, you know, I'm not gonna get into you know, all that. We all know it's just a hard time to be raising kids, right? It's a hard time to be going to school, right? But you're on my heart, parents. And if you are discouraged, if you are um, unsure, if you, um, I just, it's like I sense there's people that kind of have their foot out and they don't know where it's supposed to land. And I felt like the Lord wanted me to remind you that scripture that says, you shall be led forth. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. And those places and those decisions, whatever those um, things that you're walking through that you need to decide for your children, he wants you to go ahead and settle it that he's gonna lead you in peace. He's gonna lead you in peace about those decisions that you need to make. If you don't have a peace, don't go yet. Be led forth in peace and trust him. So I wanna ask um, if that's you. In fact, if you're just, if you're a parent in the room, I wanna just ask that you just close your hands and just uh, lift your arms. Just let's just lift up our kiddos before the Lord. Lift up the situation, lift up the circumstance, lift up the school year, lift up the teachers that they're gonna have, lift up the school they're gonna have, lift up um, whatever it is you're walking through, whether you're, you're teaching them at home and whatever that looks like for you, Father. I just, um, <laughs> as a mom of myself, I'm raising my hands. Lord, we just lift this school year up before you. I thank you in advance for your protection over our children.
I pray that you give each and every one of the parents here supernatural wisdom and discernment to make choices for their families in this season. I thank you, Lord, that this is not something that you're unaware of, that you are not wringing your hands, you are not pacing the floors in heaven, you are not worried, but you are on the throne. And I ask that each and every one of us parents would be led in peace this week, this month, this year, every single day we would lift it up to you, whatever the situation is, but we would be led forth in peace. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. And finally, um, I was reminded, um, I don't remember the scripture, it's in Psalms, but it says he places the lonely in families. And uh, I'm not gonna make you raise your hand. <laughs> I feel like it's supposed to just minister to people that are lonely. And you can be in a room with hundreds of people and you can feel completely alone. Specifically people that just with relationships, maybe you have uh, broken family relationships or you just feel alone. And I just wanna pray over you because I believe that word that he places the lonely in families that's gonna apply to you. He's gonna bring people into your life. He's gonna bring friendships. He's gonna restore relationships and he's going to set you into a family. So Lord, I lift up each and every person here today that made me feel alone. And I thank you that you are ever-present help in time of need. You're our comforter, you're our counselor, you're our healer, and you're our friend. And I just pray that this week, Father, that they would be just overwhelmed with your peace and that you would set them into families in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys received that? That was good, wasn't it? Give the give Lord a clap offering, man. I just have one more thing to share, two more things to share there, and we'll be, we'll be finished here. For some of you, God is bringing revelation into foundational spiritual truths. Things that we thought we knew and that we understood, God is going to have you look again, and he's going to give you a deeper revelation and understanding into the thing that you thought you knew for years. So go back and begin to look at the foundational truths that God has taught you over the years and God says, to this, says this to you there's going to be a new light and a new revelation that's going to be given to you bringing the manifestation of a new spiritual reality in your maturity as a follower of Christ Father God thank you so much for your word thank you Lord God that you have spoken by your spirit to your people Lord God I pray that this would be a good seed sown in fertile soil this morning that it would bear fruit a hundredfold in this season if you're here this morning if you're there watching online thank you so much for being here but perhaps as you were listening to this message you say you know what I've, I don't know what it is to co-labor with God I don't even know him as my Lord and Savior I've never surrendered my life to him if that's you here this morning I, I, I want to encourage you that now is the opportunity, today is the day of salvation, that you would surrender your life to Jesus Christ and that he would come into your life and begin to co-labor with you to lead you in truth, all truth, and you'd be completely and totally set free. So if you're here in this room, I'm gonna ask you to just bow your heads and close your eyes one more time. Here in this room or there online, and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, without anybody looking around, because this is a private moment between them and the Lord. Would you raise your hand so I know who I'm praying for? I'm looking around because I want to pray for you. I want to pray with you. Anybody in this room? 
If you're there online, you can go there and, and put up the hands up emoji or click, I want to surrender my life to that. I see you there, young guy in the back. Thank you so much. If you had your hand raised up, you can put it down now. Now, what we're going to do now as, as, a, as a church, we're going to pray together. We're going to pray, pray a prayer of surrender, just surrendering our lives to Jesus. And we're doing this as a family because we want to come along those that have raised their hands online and in this room. But also we're doing it to remind ourselves that we never escape from grace. God is saving us daily. So please repeat this after me. Father God, I know that I am a sinner. But today, I ask you to forgive me of my sin, to cleanse me of all unrighteousness. I surrender my life to you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and make me new again so that I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give the Lord a clap offering this morning?